Welcome to the Growing with Nature podcast. I'm your host, Darren Williams, permaculture enthusiast, restoration ecologist, and founder of Growing with Nature. Too often, we hear that the best thing we can do for nature is to leave it alone. But people are a part of nature, and you can make the living world around you come alive with abundance for people, plants, and wildlife, even in your own backyard. Join me on a journey through regenerative soil building, permaculture, restoration ecology, and more. To learn concrete steps you can take at home to support wildlife, grow incredible, delicious food, and help heal our living world right in your own backyard. Ready to get started? Grab a shovel, roll up your sleeves, and let's make the living world around you come alive. In this episode, we're going to dive into perennial vegetables. These are vegetables that you plant once and get harvest for years to come without replanting. Plus, perennial vegetables will help you build soil. They support wildlife, they improve your garden's resilience, and they save you time and energy. And perennial vegetables are part of our growing perennial foods pathway to abundance. By shifting more of your vegetable growing to perennial vegetables, you will be helping to cultivate abundance for people, plants, and wildlife. So we're going to take a look at these fantastic vegetables, and I'm going to share with you what I'm growing, what worked well for me, and give you some tips to help you get started. But just to be clear, you know, we're going to be talking about new vegetables that you likely, you might not have ever eaten them. Some of them you might have like asparagus, but others might be new to you. So any of these, when you try them out, take your time, see, make sure that your body reacts well to them. And, you know, also when you're looking them up, you know, try, try to look them up by their scientific name if possible. Make sure there are sources that you trust for getting these plants, you know, for getting seeds and others, because sometimes common names are shared across different plants. So just, you know, be careful about that. I'm going to give you some resources in the description. If you follow the link to the show notes, you'll be able to get access to resources that will help you get started. But just, you know, use some caution and make sure that you, you know, you know what you're eating before you um, eat it. But anyways, let's dive into perennial vegetables. But before we do, if you like what you hear today, then please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen. Your review will help more people find us, you know, people like you who want to bring these skills home to enjoy wildlife, grow more food, and help heal our living world. And don't forget to check out the links in the description for more information. Okay, let's get started. So, you know, we've been planting perennial foods for a while now, and perennial vegetables have been a big part of that. And, you know, just like asparagus can take three, two or three years to get established and you start getting harvest, perennial vegetables in general, a lot of them take a couple years to get going. You know, with some of them, the second year is going to be fine, you know, but most of them, you want to let them be their first year. So this year, though, was the year that a whole bunch of ours really, you know, came into their full abundance. And it started actually in the fall. So normally at the time when things are winding down, you know, we were just getting tons of miner's lettuce. Our tree collards were producing more than we could possibly eat. Same with our cosmic kale. Some of our native onions were just providing huge abundance. And also our native checker mallows, which are, these are all perennial vegetables, were just providing tons and tons of harvest, you know, more than we could eat. And they did this throughout the winter. These plants didn't die back. And, you know, without having to cover plants or do anything like that, or, you know, timing our plantings perfectly, we were just getting, you know, we got winter salads all winter long. It was great. And, you know, that's one of the reasons I love perennial vegetables is because 
once these plants are established, they can provide so much food uh, for you and your family and your community. You know, these plants are so much more productive than average annual vegetables. You know, it makes sense. They don't have to get established every year. And, you know, we're just, we've been adding to it every year. So I want to share what we're growing a little bit. You know, I talked about a few, but we're growing tons of miner's lettuce. We grow three different types of sorrels, uh, French, sheep, and woodland sorrels. We're growing Pacific water leaf. You know, we're also growing cosmic kale, purple tree collards, Henderson and Rose checkermallows, hookers, nodding, and potato onions. These are all three perennial onions. Uh, we're growing early blue violets. We're also growing Turkish rocket and Caucasian mountain spinach. And we're also trying out sunchokes, wapato, and several native lilies. And we're also, we just recently planted asparagus, rhubarb. We also have a little patch of Good King Henry. And we're testing out longevity spinach, though it's a more of a subtropical plant. So we're trying some microclimates to see if we can't get it to grow here in our zone eight environment in Western Washington. And, you know, there's a bunch more we want to try, you know, specifically, we're, we're really wanting to venture out to grow more root crops. You know, we're already growing some, but I'm exploring, you know, the American groundnut, earth peas, Chinese yam, thicket bean, which is not a root crop, but it's kind of one of those staple crops, and even a type of perennial potatoes. And, you know, there's tons of other options. Really, this list could go on and on. But, you know, I wanted to list all these, not to overwhelm you, but to just kind of help you understand that there are so many more perennial vegetables than just asparagus and rhubarb. You know, those are the ones that people tend to know about. But there's tons of others. And these won't all be, you know, perennial in your environment, you know, like miner's lettuce, for example, it's perennial here, um, because we don't get too hot in the summer. But down in Southern California, it's gonna, you know, go to seed in early summer and die in the summer and then come back from seed. So it's really more of a self seeding annual in that climate. But up here in the Pacific Northwest in Western Washington, it's a perennial, it works great. And if you grow it more in the shade, it's more likely to easily survive the summer. And some of these you know, purple tree collard, it can go down to zone seven, you know, a little colder than here in Western Washington, but it's not going to like it colder than that. But, you know, no matter where you are, you're going to find perennial veggies that can work for you, especially if you look into some of the native vegetables, which we're actually going to cover native vegetables next week. You know, and that kind of going over that whole long list of perennial vegetables that we're growing really brings me to our first tip. And that is, don't try to plant them all at once. You know, focus on one or two first. You know, perennial greens are actually a great place to start, and it's really where we started. You know, look for a nice, mild flavor perennial green. You know, there's here's some really good options to start with. You know, I've talked about miner's lettuce, but also Pacific water leaf. Uh, there's other water leaves too, like Virginia water leaf, if you live on the East Coast, that area. Um, there's a wide range of checkermallows, Rose and Henderson are the two that we grow. Uh, they're both native flowers here, but they're perennial veggies and native veggies. There's purple tree collards, you know, cosmic kale and Caucasian mountain spinach. And there's more than just these. We actually have a blog post that covers 11 different perennial greens. And the ones I listed here are just some of the more mild ones that can really work as a lettuce replace. They can replace lettuce on a sandwich or in a salad or, you know, they can also, a lot of them can be cooked. And, you know, we use 
miner's lettuce in our salads a lot. We, you know, we also, though, use like the checker mallows in salads, but we also cook with them. You know, I love to take a whole handful of checker mallow leaves and scramble them up with some native onions and just really make a great, you know, scrambled egg um, for lunch or breakfast. And, you know, so the goal with this, though, is to pick one or two and get comfortable with with that one first. And then, you know, expand a little bit later on, you know, maybe look at some of the root crops. You know, those are a little more complicated to grow. You have to be careful if you're harvesting. And but, you know, just regardless of what you start with, whether you want to jump into root crops or if you want to, you know, follow my advice and just start with one of these greens, you know, like miner's lettuce is one I'm always recommending to people. You know, regardless, you know, try just one or two, see how they grow in your area and, you know, try eating them. See if you like their flavor, you know, try cooking them because, you know, these are new foods and you got to see how your body reacts. You know, sunchokes, for example, don't always respond well to people. Some people don't like them, you know, basically it can make some people very gassy. And, but, you know, others like miner's lettuce, probably not going to cause any problems. You know, it's just a nice crunchy green that's great uh, replacement for like iceberg lettuce but you know just really try cooking them it does take some time to get used to these new greens and then you know the following year try another one or two and any of the ones you liked before you know see if you need to grow more of them and, and if you do feel like you need more try expanding them you know just be aware they sometimes can really take off like our tree collars started out tiny and now they're six seven feet tall and we only have three plants and it's more than we can eat so you know, definitely give time for them to get established, but expand the ones that you're going to use a lot. You know, we're we're trying to expand miner's lettuce to be everywhere because it's really is becoming the base of our salads. And, you know, that brings us to our second tip. That is where to plant them. You know, you don't have to plant these in your garden. You know, they're vegetables, but that doesn't mean they have to be in a kitchen garden or any other garden. You know, the garden is a great option, and I have perennial veggies growing in my garden. But because they're perennial plants, you know, you have to make sure you're okay with them staying there, you know, for years to come. Depending on how you manage your garden, that may be a hard fit. But, you know, one option is to put them at the ends of your garden beds. Then you can manage in between them the way you have been. But you can also, you know, another great way is instead of putting them in your garden is just to add them around your existing plants. So like your trees and shrubs that you have in your landscaping. You know, most people aren't going to recognize these, so you could plant these in your front yard, and most people are not going to know that you're planting vegetables. In fact, ones like the checkermallows get beautiful pink flowers that look a lot like hollyhocks. You know, people are just going to love them. They'll probably be asking you, oh, what's that beautiful plant? And then, you know, you can go out there and harvest the leaves and have a salad with them or cook with them. And, you know, you can also make a dedicated um, growing area for them. This is a really good idea for perennial vegetables like asparagus and a lot of the, you know, perennial roots. And it's also can be a good way just to test out a few, you know, if you don't like them, they're easy to remove that way. You know, for myself, I really like to start planting them around our trees and shrubs and at the ends of our garden beds. But now I'm exploring ways to mix them in throughout our kitchen garden. You know, one option is to plant them like you would uh, flowers in between your veggies just like you might do with nasturtiums or marigolds. But just keep in mind, you know, these are perennial veggies. They're going to be there year after year. Some of them can get large. So, you know, I wouldn't plant a tree collar in between my lettuce plants necessarily, uh, though it could provide nice shade for the lettuce in the heat of the summer. But the tree collars, we're going to need support. So not a great 
fit necessarily. But other ones like potentially a cosmic kale, you know, it needs a little bit of space, but about the same space that a big broccoli plant needs. So you could, you know, fit that in and then grow other things around it. So just, you know, be careful what you do, but it is a great option to mix them in your um, garden where you can. And the next tip I want to cover is about how to find these plants. You know, my opinion, growing perennial foods is much easier than growing annual veggies. You know, but the problem is outside of the fruit and nut trees and the berry bushes, perennial foods are not always easy to find. You know, asparagus isn't hard to find, but other perennial vegetables, it can be hard to find them. They're generally not sold you know, in the box stores, you know, most of them just, they're not very common. You can find French sorrel, but then like woodland sorrel, which is a entirely different plant, is going to be harder to find. You're going to have to look at a native nursery probably to find those. So if you're looking for perennial veggies, you know, a great place to start, and this is actually kind of a interesting place to look for, is is to go to Etsy. You know, there are a lot of people just like you who are interested in these plants. And they've already started growing some of them. And often these people are selling either little vegetable starts or seeds. You know, you're often you're buying from just people, you know, small people, people have these small little operations in their own backyards or other, you know, at home. And they're, they're selling their extra plants to help, you know, make a little money. And, you know, so it's great to kind of support them. And this is how, you know, we planted a bunch of sunchokes uh, last fall and that's how we got ours. We got them through Etsy, just through somebody who was selling them because they had the extras of them. And, you know, it really is a great place. Try to be careful what, you know, because you're not necessarily dealing with people who are experts or do this as a living. You know, a lot of times these are just, they're just supplementing their income. So make sure that, you know, everything, it's the exact plant you want. Like I said, common names can sometimes can be the same for multiple plants. So see if they list the scientific name and, you know, look, just double check, you know, you send them a message, ask them, just, just be a little careful about that. But it is, you know, despite all that, Etsy is a fantastic place. I've gotten a number of perennial veggies from the, from different shops on Etsy. And these were ones that I was struggling to find elsewhere. But another great site um, that I like is the Oikos tree crop site. And though they don't have a massive selection, but they have a lot of pretty rare ones. So some of these root crops that I'm wanting to expand on, I'm looking at ordering from them because they have plants that are really hard to find in other places. And then like tree collards, you know, if you live in a warm enough area, then I would look at the purple tree collards project. You know, that's a great place. But then, you know, French sorrel, um, miner's lettuce, a lot of those can be found at a number of just like regular uh, nurseries. Those are kind of the more common ones. And you can also generally find seeds for them or starts uh, for sorrels just by doing a quick Google search. And I've found sorrels in local nurseries. And, you know, speaking of local nurseries, depending on where you live, some of these plants are going to be available locally. You know, it kind of depends on your area and how much of a market there is. Here in western Washington, you know, there's a pretty good, you know, core group of gardeners that are interested in these things. So they're becoming more and more common. Like we can find cosmic kale and tree collards in some local nurseries. But so, you know, take a look, see what you can find, especially if you're looking for some of these that are actually native to your area. You know, you're going to want to look for local native nurseries. But yeah, make sure to check on the next episode, which will dive into native um, veggies if you want to look at those.
But, you know, I'm going to provide links to some of these different resources in the show notes, you know, which you can find in the, a link to that in the description to help you get started. And I'm also going to link to some blog posts that I've written that, you know, cover perennial veggies, you know, that give you lists of, you know, 11 perennial greens, you know, 11 perennial root crops, things like that, just to really help you get going. But also, you know, just try Googling the plants you want. You know, sometimes you'll be looking for one specific plant, but what will pop up will be a nursery that actually has a bunch of different perennial veggies. You know, that's how I've found the number of sites that I now order from regularly. So, you know, see what you find, see what works in your area. But, you know, the main thing is just to get started. Perennial vegetables really are a great source of food for your family and your community. You know, they'll help you build soil, they'll support wildlife, they'll improve your garden's resilience. You know, perennial veggies, you know, once they're established, their roots go down deeper than any annual plant will possibly do. And that means that often you don't even have to water these plants. You know, depends on which ones you've grown um, but yeah, and your climate. But like here, you know, I never water our perennial veggies once they get through their first year. And also you don't generally don't need to fertilize them. You know, these are just great plants. They're so much more resilient than the annuals. And once they're established, they're very low maintenance. And all that, you know, saves you tons of time and energy. They, you know, they're they're there. You don't have to plant them over and over again. You know, you plant them once. Some of them will, will self-seed and kind of spread on their own. And some of them won't. And, you know, you might have to replace them every three to ten years depending on the plant but some like caucasian mountain spinach can live for over 50 years and provide you greens every single year throughout that those decades so you know they're really great plant everyone's going to be a little different but they're going to save you a lot of time and energy partially because they need less maintenance and then also you're gonna you're not gonna have to plant them as often as you do annual gardens but remember you know first tip start with just one or two perennial greens Miner's lettuce and rose or Henderson checkermalls are a great option to start with, especially if you live here in, in the West Coast of the United States. You know, try planting a couple, try harvesting them, see what you think, experiment with adding them to your meals, and see if you and your family like them. Then try some more and expand the ones you like. Soon you will have a wide range of perennial vegetables and you will have more harvest than you can possibly use all without having to replant year after year, and you will have better soil, and you will be supporting wildlife. But just, but also keep in mind, you don't have to replace all your veggies with perennial veggies. You know, start off by focusing on the greens. You know, one of my goals has been to replace all of our annual greens, like lettuce and spinach. And then, but I was, I'm still going to be growing, you know, annual beans, I'll be growing tomatoes, peppers, squash, eggplants, corn, you know, those type of plants. But that, by replacing the greens with perennials that I can grow all over our backyard, that means that I have just that much more space in the garden to grow tomatoes or peppers or those sort of plants. And, you know, the, one of the great things is that when you start replacing these some of your annual veggies with perennial vegetables, you're going to be taking another step down the journey towards abundance through the perennial foods pathway. And, you know, perennial foods, all perennial foods just are so much better for the land than annuals. You know, the soil is healthier. They're better at supporting wildlife. They save you time and energy. 
you know, your, your land's going to be so much more resilient. You know, I could walk away from my perennial food systems and come back a year or two later and they'd still be filled with food. If I walked away from the kitchen garden, there might be a few self-seeding plants that come back, but mostly there's not going to be very much food there. But the perennial food systems are just provide abundance year after year. And that's really what I recommend that people start shifting towards. And, you know, this is how you cult- help to cultivate abundance for people, plants, and wildlife. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and make sure to stay tuned for our next episode where we will explore native vegetables and their role in supporting wildlife while also providing abundant harvests for your family and community. Let's work together to heal our living world. All right, I hope you enjoyed that episode, and thank you for listening to the Growing With Nature podcast. This podcast is made possible thanks to our patrons over on patreon.com. Thank you, patrons, for supporting our work. And if you like what you hear, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen. Your review will help more people find us, people like you, who want to bring these skills home to support wildlife, grow food, and help heal our living world. Well, that's all for now. See you next week, same time, same place. Have a great week, and keep on growing.